0: Ken Miller. Oh, mama. Trent Condon. Four. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Good morning.
1: Welcome in once again. Miller and Condon on the air with you here on a getaway Thursday as we talk the world of sports. Glad to have you aboard with us as we take you up until 1 o'clock here on the airwaves. Coming up today on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. It's a busy one as we will kick things off here. Well, in just a moment with my partner, Ken Miller. Now, he's not in studio today, so he comes to us on the guest line. We'll uh, kick things around, including Iowa that just incredible, devastating loss yesterday to Eastern Illinois. A whole lot more uh, coming up with Ken. 1130 bottom of the hour. Tom Caker from HawkeyeReport.com. He will be by to talk about just that. A little football recruiting, the latest on that front, and what I was still after in the transfer portal. That'll come up at 11.30. 12.05, second hour, it'll start with Mike Palm from Circa Sports, the VP of Operations there. A lot in the sports gambling world with Mike. Bottom of the hour, 12.30, Nick Oson. We get the Cyclone perspective, including them picking up another big commit here this morning, and we wrap things up. I'll make my picks but right now, we go to Ken Miller, and we will get his picks at the end of our conversation. Good morning, Ken. How's Ankeny?
0: Cold, windy, <laughs> like everywhere else, right? Um, but glad uh, glad I was able to stay home. Um, getaway day for you today. I got away yesterday. So I'm grateful for that.
1: Got a jump start on things. So we're going to get into, obviously, Iowa, the biggest story of the day, becoming the first Truth. team in 30 years to lose a game as a 30-point favorite against Eastern Illinois. But... I was just talking to you before we hopped on the air here. You got it made. I I kind of forgot you got a service that does everything. Now you got the HOA dues that are due with it, but you don't have to shovel today. There's no snow blowing. There's no battle in it. Boy, I I was kind of cursing under my breath at you because it was a rough one out there this morning trying to shovel.
0: No, I can only imagine. Uh, look, I I grew up in this, and being the oldest mm-hmm. in the family, the oldest boy in the family, I shoveled my discussions. I was a kid, so I don't I don't have a guilt trip at all for not having to do it. But you know, you cringe a little when you have to write the. what I think our homeowner dues are three hundred, I think three hundred a month. Um, but that's the lawn service in the summer and the uh. snow service in the winter, and uh, it makes it worthwhile, especially on days like this. I mean, I heard them in the driveway last night. Uh, overnight, and I, I felt for him. I mean, I just kind of couldn't imagine. I know they got the machines, but, you know, there's a couple, I guess, the low guys on the totem pole that actually get the shovels and have to come up onto your front step and actually clear that out. So, um yeah, I felt for him last night, but um certainly uh, have no qualms about writing those checks on days like today. My God, it's awful. Oh. Trent, this is the warm part of the day, apparently. Yeah. I mean, the winds are going to pick up and gust. I give you full credit for coming in, brother, because we didn't have to do it. We were, yeah, guys flip the switch, play Cowherd, but um, good for you. I mean, you get it, and you wanted live radio, and so here we are. Well, here, there you are. I'm sitting at home in Ankeny watching Jet (laughs) lay in his bed.
1: (laughs) How's Jet doing?
0: He hates it. and and You know what? It's not just him, right? Pets, I think it's bad for them having to go outside and, you know, the snow and they're, you know, the place where they usually do their business that's all covered in snow now and the wind's blowing. They just it's just awful for pets. Um but he's doing good. He's doing good.
1: Awesome to hear. Well, speaking of good, it was not good for Iowa yesterday. Oof. Up eighteen to four, they're cruising. Yep. I mean, just yep. all right, this is what they're supposed to do. We talked about this on yesterday's show. Over the last decade, since Fran got the program in year three kind of back up to a respectable level, not only do they win these games. They blow these teams out. They just absolutely crushed them. And I don't know what happened. You know, I was watching it. I was watching it on my phone, and it just started to get away. You know, and just, they started hitting a couple of shots, got it within eight in the end of the first half. It's like, well, okay, they're still going to blow them out. They're not going to cover the 31 or whatever, but they're still going to probably win this game by 20. And then the onslaught continued, and it was guys mm-hmm. getting to the other end of the floor just cherry-picking. And Eastern Illinois get the rebound, they throw it ahead. There's nobody getting back defensively. It was, it felt like that team was that four or five years ago when Iowa was so bad defensively. I think they're ranked in like the 200s defensively. It didn't matter what they did on the offensive end of the floor, they couldn't get stops. It felt a lot like that team that just had no answer. There was absolutely nothing that they could do on the defensive end of the floor.
0: Well, I, I didn't see a minute of it because I don't have Big Ten-plus, uh, so I wasn't going to pull the trigger for what I thought was right. you know, favored by 31. Yes, exactly. Uh, this game's going to be over at halftime. Um, and Iowa took the lead. I mean, they went into the locker room at halftime. Mm-hmm. But, but then they get crushed like they did in the second half. And the historical, where this one fits, um, as far as point spreads and um, outright winner's uh, dogs uh, coming home as outright winners, and not having them going back and what was it? Oh and five, oh for five fifty eight or something. Um, with with that big of a point spread, and then to outright win the game, and then the comments after we took them for granted and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Trent, I, I saw your tweet this morning. Um, I kind of thought that you know what, only dropping to sixty in the net. I thought <laughs> it could be worse. Right. I don't know what this means going forward. It's certainly. Not going to go over well, I'm guessing, or in that room if they are brought up for discussion mm-hmm. uh, in that room at some point. And I certainly hope that they are. But man, oh man, what? How can you let that happen? I mean, is 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 this just kind of um, show us how much Connor McCaffrey means to this team? He's the glue guy. He's not going to fill it up night in and night out, but he's kind of that coach on the floor, that you know teammate that'll kick her. You know what? If the, if he if he sees sees that, I don't know what it was, Trent, but. Um, it's embarrassing. I mean, mm. you, you can't put it any other way.
1: From 27, that's where they are in the net rankings yesterday. They are now number 60, 33 uh, spot drop. A couple of analytical sites from Ken Palm, they went from 21 yesterday down to 37. Uh, one other, it's called Haslam Analytics. They dropped something like 63 spots, something like that, in his mm-hmm. analytics. He had him in the top 15, Iowa, uh, going into that game yesterday and just a, a precipitous drop. So when you look at it, the big picture, I was going back and forth with Bowen Camp yesterday, and he, of course, oh, came yeah. back with, they'll be fine.
0: Everything's fine.
1: And everything will be fine. Well, his Dodgers yep. weren't fine this year, and this Iowa basketball team, in order to be fine, well, at minimum, they have to have a winning record in the Big Ten. I mean, even a 10-10 and 10 with a resume that doesn't have a lot on it right now. They do not have a quad one victory, the win against they Iowa State. They need
0: a bunch of those.
1: Yeah, and it can't be, hey, we beat Nebraska twice, and we beat Minnesota, no, no, no you got to get victories you have to get road victories yeah. you have to add to the resume just to get there so i think at minimum they have to be 11 and 9 and even with that this is such an anchor as you see with these numbers today this is going to drag them down all throughout the season it's going to be pointed to it's going to be talked yep. about yep. and you can dig out of it that's the good news but you're already 0 and 1 in the big 10 that means at minimum yep. going 11 and 8 the rest of the way i know chris Murray's going to come back Connor will be back out there. I know that "quote unquote" they'll be fine in that fashion. But the team that we've seen here over the last couple of weeks—do you see them in a deep Big Ten? Not a great Big Ten, but a very deep Big Ten. Going eleven and eight, I certainly don't right now.
0: No, I mean I don't, Trump. But then you go back to the the Cy-Hawk game, right? And they and they dominated Iowa State, who I think is a pretty good basketball team. Right? You know, one of the, a bubble team, a a team that's going to be, I think, is probably. Um, a, a team worthy of NCAA. We'll see, obviously, the way the Big 12 plays out. But, you know, right now, if I had to bet, I would bet yes. I wouldn't be mm-hmm. real confident. But what happened to that team? That team that came out and physically took it to Iowa State and, and you know, from the jump, for God's sakes. What, ha- what happened to that team? That wasn't that long ago. But as you said, it's been a different team. And as you pointed out all week, yeah, you get a couple of games early in the, these these next two games in the Big 10 to kick things off. You better win those games. Yes. I yeah. mean I mean you've been saying it all week that um you have to get off on the right foot and now this just exacerbates it even more, I think. There's there's no room for error in these games. You have to win.
1: Their first four games when they quote unquote get back. Nebraska next Thursday. At Penn State, home for Indiana, and then they go on the road again to Rutgers. I mean that that stretch there at minimum. You gotta be two and two, which means either beating Indiana at home and getting one of those games, but that's what we're talking about. Then they come home for three games after that. But the schedule, they're not nights off very often in the Big Ten. We've seen that all throughout this slate. Nebraska's look good at times. Minnesota's bad. I mean that that's the one I guess that you'd say, but I believe they only get the Gophers one time this year. You can't afford a slip. That this was their slip up, and and really, it's kind of worth two slip ups. You think back to some of those like dumb Penn State games that they've lost in the past, you know, in front yep. of three thousand yep. fans. Like, how do you lose right. that game? Games like that, you can't afford those anymore. There, there are no more of those. There's no more. You can't lose to Northwestern on the road. You have to beat that team. By the way, they're projected to lose that game currently at Ken Pomeroy. So just on and on and on. Yeah. Ken Palm has them right now, seventeen and 14, 9 and eleven in the Big Ten. That is nit written all over it
0: yep it is it is, and that's unfortunate. I mean, speaking of unfortunate the um the Hawkeye offense was ridiculed all season <laughs> long, and now you turn on sports Center, whatever you turn on you mm-hmm. open Twitter, whatever you do, and just see the uh historical place that this upset loss uh and everybody is talking about it Trent. Yep. and then the Proctor news it's been a one two three punch um uh with with football and basketball. Uh, over the last little while. They need some good news here. And
1: I, I don't know how quickly it's going to come. we got a cr- Christmas wish list. You know, one other thing, one final thing on this front, and we got a couple other things I want to hit with you, Ken. But, you know, we talked about this Iowa team at the beginning of the year. Yes, they were playing a couple of bye games. It, it doesn't mean a whole lot. But the one thing that I thought could be different is I thought there was a toughness component to this. Now, Connor, he's your tough guy, and we've talked about that so many yep. times. I, I get that, but... I thought there was a toughness to Tony Perkins. I thought Aaron Euless had a little bit of that. We've seen it out of Rebracha, but maybe this is just another Fran team. It's a standard Fran team that's not quite as deep, doesn't quite have the same kind of shooting, and they're going to fall short of what we've kind of grown accustomed to because that toughness factor certainly wasn't there yesterday.
0: No, it wasn't. But again, again, against Iowa State, it was on full display, and what has happened to that? Yeah. How does that disappear so quickly? You're right about Perkins. You're 100% right about Perkins. Yes, I think Uless has a little bit of a swagger to him when he wants it. Connor, we know he does. I, I just want – do they win the game if he's on the floor yesterday? I mean, i, I that's probably not being fair to, to Eastern Illinois. Yeah. Um. But I but I think they do, Trent, because he just he's just one of those teammates, right? He's one of those guys on your team. That just won't let you have that type of collapse. Oh, right. He's that air quote coach on the floor type of guy. He's a butt kicker. If your teammates need it, he's willing to do it. Um, and he wasn't there yesterday and you just wonder, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. I know his, he's got limitations with his game, but he's more than he brings intangible. That's what he brings to, uh, to his team. And they weren't there yesterday, and we see the result: historical loss.
1: Historical loss. This one will be talked about for a very, very long time. All right, no. Ken. Let's uh, jump over to a couple of things. Did you watch any of the bowl game last night?
0: Yuck. No, I really didn't, Trent. I watched. Uh, what I don't even. What did I do last night? I remember what I watched last night. Hockey. I watched the hockey game last night. That's what I watched. Hockey. I watched the Blackhawks and the Preds for a while. I was bounced around puck. Uh, I just can't get into the bowls yeah, I, I know I've never been like this before. Mm-hmm. I love bowl season. I can't wait to get my confidence pool in my email um you know, filling those things out and and that bet rivers contest that we were in the last couple right. of years with these with these bowls. I long for this time for year, time of year and i I was looking at the schedule and maybe it's tomorrow night, maybe it's you know five thirty I don't remember what the name of the bowl is. But it's uh, Baylor. No, that's there's Baylor Air Force tonight. It's, that's tonight uh, yeah. Wake Forest Mizzou. Wake Forest Mizzou uh, is tomorrow night. And I'm thinking maybe that's when I'll get my, you know, my little bull burst, if you will, <laughs> because it's certainly not there. And I don't know what it is. I don't have a, uh, it's not NIL. It's not. I mean, um, I've been a proponent for NIL since the turn of the century. Uh, I've been harping on this. Mm-hmm. And, it's not opting out. I get why the players are doing it. It just seems like, and I think it's even going to be worse, right? When the playoff gets here, which I can't wait for, I just don't know what to make of these kind of these smaller bowls, these minor bowl games. But um, maybe I just should have entered a confidence pool. Yeah, just to be Give you something. It. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be, because are you into it? I know you're betting on these games, so you see it differently. I, I hate betting on games. Yeah. As you know, but, um, I don't know. There's just something I just, I just can't put my finger on, but I just can't, I can't get into it. I'm the
1: same way. Yeah, I've fired at a couple of games. Now, I'm also in this pool that I've been in now for, I don't know, probably 15, 20 years. One of my good friends puts together where in the past we would picked individual players. It was like kind of a, a fantasy draft, if you will. Now we oh, just like
0: take, that NFL pool that you yes, have. Yes,
1: yeah. This now we just yeah, use yeah. position groups though because there's so many opt outs and injuries and yeah. guys you don't know. So you get the Baylor running back. And whatever of their running backs has the most yards, you get that guy. You know, you pick one player from each of the bowl games and and you kind of go that route. So that keeps me at least a a little bit interested in, but that's what it takes. I mean, that's what it takes at this point in time. Yet with all that being said, I I got something that I think you will really like that I, I uh, saw yesterday. It was the numbers, the TV numbers.
0: so I wish I know where
1: you're going. The Toledo game? Yes, yeah. The, the bowl bull, the bull game between Toledo and Liberty, uh, yeah. two nights ago. Yeah. twenty-one nineteen comes down to the end, outrates the Warriors, outrates yeah. a couple of big NBA games. It just it goes to show you, it's Toledo and Liberty. We're not talking yeah. about big alumni bases here. We're <laughs> right. talking about big name brands, and that is outrating big regular season NBA games.
0: Well, and this just, just proves your point when we brought it up last week about my fear that, you know, I think these bowl games are going to go away because there's just no buzz around them and everybody's going to focus on the playoffs. And you said, well, the reason that there's so many games is because people are watching these games. Mm-hmm. And this just proves your point. I mean, like you mentioned, the, the, the alumni base for Toledo and Liberty, please. <laughs> And they're on TV, and you probably, you might have seen one or you might have seen Toledo play right. on a Tuesday night in November or flipping in the channel and stop for a minute. You may have seen Liberty at some point, but you're not going out of your way on a Saturday to try and find those games. But because it's on, you watch it, I guess. And I mean, Steph Curry, it right. beats Steph Curry. It beats some, uh, you get a game 28 or whatever it is of an 82 game season. But it just proves your point that people are watching these games, and therefore these games are going to remain in, at least um, for the, in the beginning of the playoff until we see how this shakes out.
1: <laughs> one more. Uh, one more on the media front. YouTube TV will be getting yeah. Sunday ticket. So you're good over there, right? I mean,
0: uh-huh, it's right. going to be
1: <laughs> – you can buy a standalone service. You've been able to figure out ESPN+. Plus. Yep. Right? Are you going to be able to get it, though – down in the man cave, down in the basement? Are you going to be able to actually get it on your TV? Are you, are you confident knowing, well, we're still nine months away from this actually happening, but do you think you can get this thing figured out?
0: I hope so, Trent, because it's the future, right? And it's very apparent now that that's what the way everything is going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my generation who, you know, is, is maybe a little technology challenge. Look, I still don't know, and, and maybe you can't, because I and, and maybe you can and I just don't. Thursday night, I, I can't rewind a play. I can't go back mm-hmm. and you know, I want to see this again, my direct TV. I know right where that button is. Right. (laughs) But, but tonight, for instance, Jacksonville in New York, when I'm watching the prime video, whatever it is, um, those are the things that that I need to be able to get a grasp on and, and how to flip around from game to game. Um, because, and I'm sure that I'm sure that you can do that. It's just, it's just the learning curve, but it's the, it's where it's going. I haven't seen if we're going to get a break price wise, I doubt that we are. Do we have to buy the whole YouTube TV or, as you mentioned, is there going to be an NFL only uh, option? There is Uh, going to be
1: that. Yes, I did read that today, that there will be a standalone option so you don't have to subscribe to the whole YouTube TV, you know, the 75 bucks a month or whatever it is. You do not have to do that. There will be a standalone fee that you can do. That's great news. Absolutely. Now... I don't think the price point's going to go down. I, I told you yesterday, I think it was, or, or the day before, I read something where the local affiliates, Fox, CBS, that obviously has the regional windows throughout the day, they do not want to see that p- price point lowered. You know, They still want to mm-hmm. have the people that are still watching the regional games on, on their network as much as possible. So I don't think you'll get much of a break. But what is it, 300 bucks a year, something like that? Yeah. Even if you know, it drops to 200 Maybe they do an introductory price, something like that. One thing I was shocked by, I saw this, again, not sure where, not going to be able to cite it, but, you know, DirecTV subscriber base has shrunk down. I think it's something in the range of 20 million people now have it at the top. It was like 88 million people had DirecTV, mm. T V. shows you how many people have cut the cord as, as it pertains to DirecTV. There's still only 5 million people, though, that have YouTube TV as their kind of TV subscriber, if you will. I thought that number would be higher.
0: Well, and obviously it's going to. But you know, here's the thing I'll say about that trend. When I've done some you know, reading around, people that have it love it. Yeah, and, and yeah. people that um, you know that are questioning whether they're going to like it or not, or is this the right thing, then you get a YouTube subscriber come in and just pump it up like um, like like it's the best thing since sliced bread. So we'll see. I mean, look, we can bitch and moan and complain all we want if we want to watch the games. That's where they're going to be. And if you follow a team that, look, here's, here's my, the team I have. this is like, you can tell how bad your team is. I had Gary Myers and Robert Smith on the call. Nope. <laughs> right. Of Denver last week. That's how far down the pecking order. So if I want to watch my squad, even when they do suck or whoever your team is out there and you're, you're having a rough year, if you want to watch them, uh, you're going to have to pay the price and, and and get YouTube TV whether you like it or not because ready or not the future is here. Yeah,
1: it very much is and still nothing official that I've seen on the Direct TV for bars and restaurants. A lot
0: of people I believe did see, I did see something it is yeah. coming. They think that there's an additional. So what do they get? Three point five billion a year, I think, from YouTube for this or some two point five. I mean, it's a ridiculous it is, amount. Yeah. And they also now have an opportunity to share in. Uh, some of the subscriber uptick. So that's even going to be more. But I think they said $200 million uh, in additional revenue from bars that DirecTV uh, is uh, that they're going to be able to spin off to TV, so that they can show their customers.
1: Well, that's a good thing. And uh, certainly good yeah. thing if you decide not to go the route of YouTube TV, you're able to stop out and be able to still uh, be able to see all the NFL games. All right, final thing for <laughs> you. And you broke a little news for me here. Our friend Tom Timmons, I'm president over at Wild yeah. Rose, is
0: hanging it up, huh? Yeah, yesterday was his last day. So oh, wow. just, just real quick. Yeah, he's, he's retired. Um, this guy, he's, he's a, he's a terrific person, first and foremost, right? Just a terrific guy. You know, him. uh, he's the best guy I've ever worked for. Um, he was the, he was in charge of Prairie Meadows when, when it went belly. Well, he was brought into Prairie, Prairie Meadows to kind of see it through that uh, transition from bankrupt into getting slots. He was so instrumental about working behind the scenes to get sports betting in the state of Iowa as the you know, president of Wild Rose, all of these meetings, um talking talk to the lobbyists, making sure that you know that um that this bill had an opportunity to pass and I mean, then they'll look at the agreements that they were able to hammer out DraftKings, Bet Rivers and, and Circus Sports are all partners of Wild Rose, but he did that. He um believed in sports radio from the jump. When we started in 1996, uh, there was not a lot of support for it, and he, uh, in his trust in me, quite honestly, decided that, you know what, I think it would be good for Prairie Meadows to have their announcer, which I was at the time, doing daily radio, talking sports, and um, wrote the checks for Prairie Meadows to be the major sponsor of it in the beginning. So not only did Tom... Really jumpstart sports radio, but worked so much, so hard behind the scenes to get sports betting into the state over the last few years. But like I say, everybody that's worked for Tom over the years, whether it be at Prairie Meadows, whether it be at Polk County where he was back in the early nineties or now at Wild Rose over the last year, a few years, um, you know, more than a few years, um, you know just how, how special this guy is. And he's going to be missed in the business world, in the sports betting world, but uh, he certainly deserves it. Happy for him and his family that um, that he gets to walk into retirement. Yes,
1: enjoy that retirement, no doubt. And Absolutely. A guy that, as you said, I met him a few times, just one of the nicest, most genuine people, but he yeah. helps get sports gambling here. Makes my world a lot better, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Ken. Well, enjoy Christmas. Your uh, present obviously was going to be ready today, so we'll get that yeah, to you yeah, next dinner. week. <laughs> yeah, And uh, well, enjoy it. If, boys coming back. What do you got going on? Or is it just no, going to be you? Just you and Indiana, Scrunch. Cindy and I. They were
0: home for Thanksgiving, uh-huh. and I went out and saw Kale. At, um, uh, when I everywhere was there, my son Kale in Vegas. Uh, so it's just Cindy and I and Jet. We're gonna have a quiet one. I'm gonna watch probably some football trends. <laughs> just a little probably bit probably a chance. Yeah. Uh watch that and you and uh you and Jack and Ella and wife Terry, you guys have fun. Um enjoy it, man. It goes so fast. Mm-hmm. It goes so fast. It seemed like you know, only yesterday that the boys were young and they were enjoying Christmas and just watching them open up their stuff. Um, I wish you could have it again, but it goes so fast that um, just enjoy each and every moment of it, brother.
1: And I, I definitely will enjoy that Bloody Mary too, or is that is that just for Cindy?
0: And no, it's, it's for both of us. Uh, Christmas Eve, we're both, we both we've got the. Uh... Morningwood Bloody Mary mix. Who makes it
1: again? Uh, that's is that the, the Grumpy Yeah, the Grumpy Goat people. Yeah, Nick uh, who is the GM over there. That's kind of his uh well his special mix that he put together and they're getting deals all across the country. I know they have a distribution deal now with Walmart and like across like Tennessee and Kentucky and down there. Wow. So, yeah, they're really growing. I'm not a Bloody Mary guy, but I have had just the Bloody Mary mix before cuz Nick just said, yeah. "Hey, you got to try it." And it's really good. I'm not a tomato juice. You're. I think you're going to enjoy it. If you like Bloody Marys, you're going to be happy. I don't. With Morty but I told my wife
0: I'd have one with <laughs> her. And uh, there you go. And, and you know, what? I got it at into bean it was the last bottle left. Yeah. So it's very popular.
1: That's awesome. Well, hey, enjoy it. Merry Christmas to you, Ken. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you brother. Tuesday See you next week. Yep. Yep. Bye. Ken Miller checking in with us from his house in Ankeny. We get back to a little Hawkeye talk. Tom Kaker from HawkeyeReport.com. He's going to stop by. We talk football recruiting. We talk about that. Awful, awful loss against Eastern Illinois. That's coming up next. We also got Cyclone Talk coming up in the next hour, 12.30, with Nick Osen, including a big commitment with, I'm going to try it, Nois Indrusaitis. Not even close. Big recruitment, though, on the basketball front. We'll get into that uh, coming up here with Nick Osen at 12.30. And in between 12.05, it'll be Mike Palm talking the world of sports wagering from Circa Sports. That's all coming up here. It's Miller & Condon. 106.3.
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Miller and continues 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon playing solo the rest of the show. We got you covered, though, with a lot of great guests, including... Our next one, he is a staple on Fridays here, but oh, we're off tomorrow. So, he joins us a day earlier. He is Tom Kakert from HawkeyeReport.com. Mr. Kakert, as always, appreciate your time. What is happening? What a busy week. What a busy day you had yesterday. How crazy was that?
2: Yeah, it was wild. Uh, just, you know, with the game moving up, too, the basketball game moving up, uh, it just really, and had the women's game, you had Kirk, Barnes and then um the the uh the ending <laughs> that that awful basketball game that we had to witness. It
1: was ugly. How many people were there? It looked like a better crowd than I anticipated, but again I'm watching on my phone on B T N plus, so it was hard to tell for sure. How many people were there?
2: Oh, I couldn't even guesstimate how many, but um I I think there was it was about as many as were you know, the they stuck around for men's and women's game. I think most yeah. people just stuck around for for both games. So you know, six, seven thousand probably. I would guess, maybe. I don't know.
1: I, I thought it was going to be dozens in attendance, but well, weather on Eastern Iowa a little bit different than what we were dealing with here in Central Iowa. Regardless, though, they lose that game after getting out eighteen to four. You probably settle in and think, all right, this is going to be another one of the buy games that Iowa not just wins, but they crush them. In fact, Ken and I were talking about that yesterday and what Fran's been so good at and why their net rating has been so good year after year is they take these buy games, these tomato cans, and not only they beat them, they crush them. And it helps with efficiency, both offensively and defensively, and ultimately helps their net. Not so much today. They fall from 27th to 60th now in the net rankings, yet like your buddy John Camp and my buddy, too, says they'll be fine. Tom, this is an anchor. This is a really bad loss that is going to linger for a long time. They got a lot of work to do to dig out of this.
0: Um, I'll disagree
2: slightly. It's a bad loss. There's no two ways about it. There, it is a bad loss, but I think in the moment everybody's kind of freaked out about it a little more than it it's one game on a 31-game schedule. So, um, and you're without Chris Murray, your best player, mm-hmm. Connor McCaffrey, who's one of I think your five best players. So when mm-hmm. you know they and and John has participated in this, so yes. he knows more than I do. But um, <clears throat> when when that tournament committee evaluates things, they will evaluate them, uh, and, and that will be something maybe they look at. And so I, you know, people saying, "Well, now they got to win fifteen games mm-hmm. in the Big Ten or whatever." All that's fluid. It, it just is. You know it when you see it kind of thing. And if they play well in the Big Ten, they'll be okay. If they don't and they're around 500, then they're going to be a bubble team. They would have been a bubble team, uh, even if they were, um, you know, had one yesterday and they're 10 and 10 in the Big Ten play. They're probably a bubble team. So I don't know that it really impacts things long term, but they do have to play better. And I thought Philip Abraccia was pretty, um, illuminating, I guess, is maybe the word. Just saying the play, that Iowa played arrogant. They mm-hmm. just felt like maybe they pounded SEMO, so they're going to be able to just kind of walk on the court and and beat Eastern Illinois, and they didn't do that.
1: Not at all. As so, that's they where lose. we are. In Eastern Illinois, they were just cherry-picking. They get the rebound, throw it ahead, dunk. I mean, they did that how many times in the second half? It, it was just incredible to see, and they're hitting shots they normally don't hit. I, I know that's going to happen, but not getting back defensively. I, how how does that happen in in D one basketball? Get back! They're throwing it over to the top of your head every time. Somebody's got to get back.
2: I think part of it is they're just a they have a short. They had a short bench. I thought anyway with uh, Chris and with um, Connor. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was you know they're they're a shorter bench than usual and missing those two guys. It just means that. You know, Patrick's got to play more and Phillips got to play more and, um, you Peyton Sanford's got to play more and just everybody has to play a lot more minutes. Um, Aaron Euless played what 31 minutes and, and they just didn't hit. I just had a bad shooting game, uh, especially from three. I mean, Patrick and, and, uh, Euless were combined, I think, oh, 14 from three. <laughs> um, and then you look at, yeah, you talked about the dunk fest. I mean, I think yeah. it was eleven dunks Yeesh. in the game for Eastern Illinois, which it just that can't happen. No. I'm sorry, just can't. Yeah, put somebody on their butt if they're going to keep doing that. You know,
0: yeah.
1: and, and if it, it keeps happening, put a gundolee in there just to say just that. Now, if somebody's going to the rim, yeah. you don't let them go to the rim. Why? Why yep. the? Why the reluctancy for Fran to play a gundolee? Really, even a rotational piece for eight to twelve minutes a game. I, I understand. Yeah, he he huffs and puffs when he's out there, but he can still give you eight to twelve minutes a game. What's the reluctancy?
2: I think it's just he doesn't have any confidence in him yeah. that he can guard people mm-hmm. and not foul and um, and get up on up and down the court and get in position to play defense. That's my guess is that he just doesn't feel comfortable with him and um, and I think part of it is you got to earn it too. You know, yeah. if you're if you're getting winded one time down the court, then, um, you know, that says something about your dedication, right. To, to getting in shape and getting, getting ready to play. And, um, you know, that's part of it. That's just part of the equation. So, um, yeah. So they're just short a guy up front and that's where they're at. Uh, and I still think this is a pretty good team, but, they, To me, the biggest thing that hasn't come around for them is the shooting. And if they can't make shots, uh, especially from the outside, on a consistent basis, this is going to be a team that uh, struggles to make the NCAA tournament, lost to Eastern Illinois or not.
1: With that, Chris Murray will come back. He will be out there. Maybe as soon as the Nebraska game, it felt like, Maybe you and a few other people are hitting towards a little bit further. Maybe the Penn State game or even home for Indiana. Fran talked to you guys before the Eastern Illinois game and said a possibility of him being back next Thursday against Nebraska. Is that still realistic? I mean, we're still a week away. We'll kind of see how treatment continues to go. But do you see it that way? Do you believe that there's a real possibility we'll get to see him for the Big Ten road opener?
2: I think it's more possible than it was initially. I think he's come along. I think his... You know, he's doing more. Um, He's feeling better. Uh, But I think until he gets out there and starts playing again and how it feels, will decide what happens with him and how soon he's out there. I I know this. They're not going to push it. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be to the point where it's something that's going to linger with him. Uh, They're going to make sure he's 100%. He's feeling a lot better before
1: he goes back out there again. Let's get into football. Yesterday, signing day, and the big news that obviously has been percolating your boards here for not just the last week, but even further than that, is Caden Proctor. Fill us in on any details that you can, anything as that all went down, because, boy, reading between the lines, yes, he was taking the Alabama visit. He was going down there, but it wasn't that he was taking a visit and it was imminent that he was going to flip, right? Or am I reading that wrong?
2: Yeah, it wasn't. Um, in fact, you know, kind of the indications that Iowa had been given uh, during the week was that it was just a visit and there was like nothing kind of like, boy, it sounds like he's going to just flip. Mm-hmm. That was all, even into Saturday when he was, you know, kind of hey, communicating with some of his friends Friday, Saturday, nothing to worry about. But then all of a sudden, you know, that, the, the you know and he has the right to do that and and you know wish him nothing but but the best Alabama is a great program. Mm-hmm. you can't fault a kid for going there um it just the the comments yesterday about settling felt like he was settling that's not something you draw a conclusion on the weekend before you um decide you know your college or your weekend before you signing that's something that had to have been there for a while. And if, if that was the case, then, you know, perhaps you should have, uh, decommitted at some point. So the school that you're committed to can adjust their recruiting, um, board a little bit and, and decide if they've got to move on from you or, um, if they're going to continue to pursue you or, uh, look at other options. So uh, that's the only thing I have a quibble with is, is if you felt like this was for a while, then, um, you probably should have just decommitted committed early on and, and said, hey, I made a mistake. I, I really need to look around. I feel like I'm settling here. And mm-hmm. let us let's let me look at some other options.
1: See, and the way that I heard when he was talking about settling, I mean, that feels like something that was custom made from Nick Saban.
2: I I, I feel like it was the
0: conversation
1: it it that they had. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah. It sounded like something. It, it sounded like Nick Saban, uh, when he was on that um, the, the night before the, the playoff committee, and he's. Given out point spread. So we'd have more points. Yeah, we'd, right. we'd have a point spread advantage. It just sounded like Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick Saban telling him how to explain why he flipped.
1: Just did. No doubt about it. Hey, speaking of Alabama, what happened with Treshawn Holden, the Alabama receiver that Iowa was heavily involved with and ended up at Oregon? Looked like they had a good chance for him. Just off the field stuff. I mean, did, did Saban not only say, hey, you don't want this kid, but then on the top of it, they came in and stole Caden Proctor?
2: No, I I think um, the folks who were saying that the Holden thing was, was going on, I think, may have been, it, may have pushed it down the track further than that ever was down the track. Okay. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, I, it wasn't like it was an imminent commitment or anything. It was just, he was a player they were investigating and okay. they were looking into. I don't think it was ever. Wow, this is really close and I think it's gonna happen. I just think he was a, a guy they were considering and um like they are with a lot of guys in the portal right now.
1: Looking for wide receivers, no doubt. A couple yeah. of portal signees officially yesterday with Cade McNamara and Eric Gall. We talked about them plenty. You know, this offensive line class, I, I talked about this a bit yesterday, Tom, with Trevor Lauk, four star kid, Michigan, Ohio State, we're after him, Tennessee. Came down to Iowa and Michigan State for his services. I mean he's a guy already up to two ninety five. I don't know if he's going to be ready to go right away, but he's going to be a guy I think you anticipate can play pretty early on that offensive line. Really, that whole offensive line class. Four guys that come in, I think they got quality here. And, yeah, you don't have the headliner, but they're going to be fine. Got to find a stopgap, though. Are they looking in the portal for an offensive tackle, a one-and-done kind of guy, a grad transfer type?
2: Yeah, absolutely. They're going to be. Um, and they really kind of, I think, um you know, the, when when Proctor said he was going to visit Alabama, I mm-hmm. think that kind of pushed them to say, hey, maybe we better start looking in the portal just in case something yeah. happens here. And so they've been scouring the portal a little bit, trying to build some relationships there, uh, but nothing imminent. Uh, but I, I suspect they're going to try and land um, an offensive tackle prospect. I think there's going to be another wave here after bowl games of, uh, of guys entering the portal, so um, I think we'll see another uh, bunch of guys that uh, kind of jump in. So, but I do like this class. I mean, yeah. I like um, Cannon Leonard, big kid, um, good athlete, played AU basketball with Brock Harding and Owen Freeman. So you know he's got some uh, some good feet uh, to be able to do that. And uh, Kate Pieper, I mean, it's North Dakota State. Uh, recruit you for offensive line. that generally tells me you're you're a tough dude who mm-hmm. likes contact and likes to be physical, and that's the same with Lake Jones. I really like him as a you know center prospect who's just he's a wrestler he's a tough physical kid.
1: need skill position dudes. What do we get in yeah. this recruiting class? Give us a a guy or two that you like from the skill position ranks
2: um the you know just talking to Tyler Barnes yesterday, he's really high on Dayton Howard. Really? Uh, the kid from Kansas city. Yeah. They got late. He just kind of fell under it through the cracks. And, um, he was just watching them and he's like, how is this kid not, what are, what's K state and Kansas not seeing here. And, um, I know they really like jerk Bowie, uh, the mm-hmm. kid from Tampa, the wide receiver, um, you know, good bloodline. Um, dad played, uh, high level ball. So, um, he doesn't play in a heavy pass offense. So, oh. um, I think he's going to going to help out. I think Alex Moda, uh, he's he's a really good player from Marion, and I think he's going to help them. So they're getting some help, but they're young guys. So that you got to keep that in mind. They're just young players. That that's why it's important that they're going to have to get at least two, maybe three portal wide receivers.
1: Two or three, and uh, they're still in the works for that. Any names? Any new names out there in, in the transfer portal that we should keep an eye on?
2: Not really. Um, Seth Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, who visited last weekend, I think he's a he's a player to watch. Uh, the Tosala kid, you know, from from Hillsdale um, uh, D two school. Uh, I think it's Iowa and Iowa State right now for him, but he's probably going to take a little bit longer kind of figure things out. He's gotten a ton of interest and offers from different places now too. So, um, but I, I, I'm, I think those are probably the two top guys. And then um, they're poking around on some other guys that um, they just haven't gotten as much traction with. But I know um, Kate McNamara is working, working hard behind the scenes too. We, I talked to Tyler about that. He said Kate is just on they tell him to go, start talking to a kid and he's all over it trying to get players to come join him in Iowa
1: city. And to keep saying we have the worst offense. So let's see any, we are nine days away, nine days away from yeah. the end of the regular season or the end of the season. As Kirk says, coaching changes. I, I'm, I don't know if I have Stockholm syndrome and I, I don't know what it is. I don't believe there's going to be any changes. I just, I can't see it happening. And as much as there should be changes on that offensive staff, if it is, maybe a shuffling of deck chairs. But well, as we saw with both the Titanic and Michigan State, that doesn't work very well. Any changes?
2: Um, Maybe. I don't rule anything out of like a coach kind of moving on. But I don't anticipate a change at the offense coordinator position, if that's what you're it's at, it's, which I think is something
1: I, I let's, let's have I a real conversation it. about this. I mean, ser- Seriously. This is the second worst offense in the country. They're ranked in the hundreds. You look at the six years of Brian Ferentz. Oh, it's Kirk's offense. I've heard this. It's Kirk's offense. You've told me this, Tom. It is Kirk's offense. I get that. But guess what? His son has had the worst six-year stretch offensively of any of the three coordinators that they've had. It's not even close. You put Greg Davis, who wasn't good in his own right up against there. Ken O'Keefe was infinitely better than either of the guys that they've had the last two. But Brian has taken this to depths that we have never seen before. I just don't understand, outside of the last name, how you can, how you can do it with a straight face and say, yeah, we're trending the right way with him running the offense.
2: But it's a fair, fair thing to say. I will just say this. I think Iowa's issues, at least this past year, were more personnel than person that it's more, it was more, um, it wasn't as much about Brian. It was more about, they just lacked, Personnel this year,
1: and he, he doesn't even scheme. He doesn't scheme well. The passing concepts are uh, people that know X's and O's a lot better than me. Laugh at what they do schematically in the passing game. That's the part of it. Yeah. That's that's coordinator. That's what you do. There's certain guys that just don't know how to call plays. Brian very well could be a great coach. I don't know, but he very well could be a good guy down there on the trenches working through things. He's not good at calling plays. He's not good at scripting. He's not good at putting together an offense. That is the job title, offensive coordinator. He's not a good coordinator of. The the offense. I. Ah, I'm just talking in circles. I know, Tom.
2: I know, I know. <laughs> hey, I I hear you. It was it was ugly this year. Yeah, well, um, and last year, and 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 last year. But, you know, how much of that is, um, you know, quarterback personnel related. I don't know. And they we'll didn't go out now. and do anything. If it, if it, and they, they didn't go out and they, do anything. If, if they bring um, bring in McNamara this year, and then um. And and they struggle again, and they have some talent and some wide receivers. You know, like I suspect Reganey's going to be back, um, so they'll have you know at least one experienced guy back, and they'll bring in some guys. But if they struggle with McNamara, then I think then it's you gotta pull the block.
1: That's a lot sure. of mulligans. I, I would love to golf with you, Tom,
2: or maybe Kirk. I know, but well, <laughs> I just don't. I just don't see it that they're gonna. They're going to get rid of I Brian. Know. I just don't. I,
1: that's the reality of it. I, and I I can talk in circles and we can complain and everybody on the message board can do the same. But the reality is it's ultimately up to Kirk. You know, Gary Bard is not going to. Or Gary. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's not going to happen. I mean, it's just it's not. So I hate having to live in this reality, but it is a reality. The other reality is, Tom, we're out of time. Appreciate it as always.
2: <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you uh talk to you soon talk to you from uh from nashville
1: yes yes uh jealous about that one have a good weekend merry christmas to you tom okay
2: merry christmas take care
1: tom kaker HawkeyeReport.com joining us here i know it's talking in circles because the reality as opposed to what should happen and that's where we are all right overdue for a timeout quick timeout back with more on the other side it's miller and con for details And oh, Ken. Starting vacation a little early. He joined us for the top of the show today. You can check that out coming up here in just moments while we'll the podcast up. You can find that on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get podcasts. Hour number two, we got Mike Palm stopping by from Circus Sports out in Vegas. We'll get a look around the NFL, college football, bowl games, and that huge upset yesterday as Iowa falls to Eastern Illinois with Mike Palm from Circus Sports. Also, Nick Oson's going to stop by at about 1230, and our pick's up of the day. It's a football Friday. That means football picks. I got Ken's picks in here. Well, he had a better week for himself last week. He went 2-3. One of the high-water marks of the season for Ken as he is now 30-49-1. I'm trying to get my way back to Mount 500. I went 4-1 and one last week. 39-41 and 41 on the season, and we will have those coming up here at the end of the show. One hour down, one more to go. said so to talk to Mike Palm. That big upset. There were a few sports books yesterday that didn't even have a money line available for the Iowa-Eastern Illinois game. Think of that. Didn't even put a money line because, frankly, it doesn't happen. It happened in this one. First time in 30 years, as far back as the data goes, that a 30-point college basketball favorite has lost outright. What a dubious honor.